forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to, to Tell on the Pod. Oh, no. What happened? I said the name of the um, books. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? And that's just an example of the many scary things that can happen. This is a, st- <laughs> this is a podcast about scary stories, urban <laughs> legends, scary things you tell us about, and people who are in their 30s solidly. It's not even like a little bit in their 30s. <laughs> they're like in it, and their brains are decaying because nature um, <laughs> dictated that we should have been dead by now. So <laughs> That is correct. We are waist deep in our 30s. I don't know where everyone else is at in Quar, but uh, the brain don't work anymore. Yes, I'm a, I'm an outside of Quar 32, but in Quar, I'm 88 years old. <laughs> I'm playing Canasta with my friends, and they're being <laughs> polite about the fact that I'm not playing by the rules of Canasta. <laughs> what um, is Canasta? I'll never Canasta, know. I feel like, involves some sort of chips, maybe? Sure. My grandma loves it, and she worked in Albany for a while, so mm. I think she's crooked. Inexplicably, um, there was a carnival ride called Canasta, which I always remember being like, huh. And it was kind of, um, you spun in a thing that spun around. It, you were in a singular oh. spinning thing and a structure that was spinning around. Readers, if you know what Canasta is, please write in and tell us what Canasta is. Because I think I'm going to give up Googling things. I think I'm done um, learning things on a small scale. Uh-huh. Um, I'd rather just contend with like large ideas. Yes, yeah. Um, I'm done with small things. I'm only I'm only learning things uh, by being told them by dusty librarians through a homemade walkie-talkie, like two cans and a string. You know, that's what I'm Yeah, the string keeps getting hit by cars, so we don't know much. <laughs> Why did I do it over <laughs> I-95? Oh, boy. That's where all the best librarians are. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Well, in case you couldn't tell, we are very much a comedy podcast about scary things, uh, just so we're not confused about what the id of the podcast is is yeah the, if you're looking for like expertly researched um like enough about us let's get back to the subject matter that's mm-hmm. i i wish i were that too you know Good like Lord, yeah. i'd be disappointed if the one thing i wanted to hear about was like mostly just two comedians who don't feel like performing <laughs> and who can't do that now <laughs> sort of chatting about like their little musings um <laughs> But you know what? We've got industry heat, so it's perpetuating the cycle. Big um, time industry heat. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable. My leather couch is stuck to me. Carrot Top is very interested in taking <laughs> this out. You know. Um, yeah, his production company is really busy right now. There's a backlog because of COVID, obviously, but yes. they're excited to sit down with us. They're thrilled, and he has a new COVID-specific production company called COVID Top. And thank you so much. <laughs> I, thank you, and that's our time. And that's you. been the that's been an hour. That has been a full. That was our tight hour, and we thank you so much for joining us for it. <laughs> that is like a mean prank you can play on people in quarantine. Is like say, "Oh my God, it's," and then you say, "Whatever time is in three hours." <laughs> wow, yeah, that is what a damaging, fun thing to do. I think pranks are bad, but that's like sort of a nice prank, I think, because it's so it's so could happen. It so could happen. 
Um, and because it is summertime and camps are canceled and there's a lot less likelihood of being able to gather on a campfire, we are doing true listener campfire stories for the foreseeable future until we tell you what's not happening anymore. Yeah. And that's, that's how summer works. That is how summer, a man gets on top of a hill or, or a woman or just a person gets on top of a hill and shouts out, it's not summer anymore. And then we put on our corduroys. Yeah. It's whenever that person on the hill feels like having something with cinnamon in it <laughs> like a sweet cinnamon not like a cinnamon a cinnamon guys listen oh i used to college and now i dumb <laughs> and speaking of college um mm-hmm. andrew um here's what we're here's what i'm thinking for the episode okay i think we're gonna read scary stories correct i think you're gonna read one and then we're gonna get to our new segment which is um scary advice column which we don't have a name for yet please send in your scary advice questions and also just like a suggestion of the name yes and thank you for those of you who have already sent out those suggestions we're gonna wait to announce them until we've got like kind of a slew for people to pick from and vote for you know yeah andrew and i believe in democracy we think everything's actually fine (laughs) and uh i'm very excited about this story that's been sent mostly because i remember reading it a long time ago this person generously shared it with us on twitter and then, and then I just forgot about it. And I'm, I'm so Life glad happened. that it was resent to us. So I'm going to read this. This is from Carl. Hi, y'all. I heard your invitation in the latest episode to ping you again about stories we've sent. This feels a little weird. Like maybe I'm trying too hard to impress the cool kids. <laughs> oh my God. If we're the cool kids, the school is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, don't think of it at all that way. Think of it as though um, we're a sleepy basset hound who you threw a treat on the floor for, and then the Basset Hound <laughs> walked halfway and then got confused and fell asleep, and you're prodding the Basset Hound back awake to remind you of the treat. I feel seen. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. It's far oh. from cool kids, but thank you for assuming that about us. Thanks for reminding us about the treat, Carl. <laughs> but since my original story was an 11-tweet thread, I thought I'd consolidate it for you in an email that's easier to keep track of and read. Thank you very much, Carl. Whether or not you use it on the pod, I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I enjoyed finally putting this old memory down in writing. I look forward to every episode. Cheers. Ah, thank you. Okay, this is a very good story. Here's my scariest story. I grew up in rural Texas, a town called Buffalo. Wild how many buffaloes there are in the country. That that's not in the email, by the way. But I'm just there I'm used just to joking. just be there used to be more buffalo. Yeah. But how does one explain Buffalo, New York? You know? <laughs> just a thought. Around my junior year in high school, 1986. Kids started talking about this house way out down a dirt road in the country. The country country. A place it was easy to get lost on the way to. Wow. Anytime, any any time, day or night, the story went, you could drive out there and you would see an old woman sitting in the same spot on the house's front porch. It was Mm. uncanny. She never went inside. She never moved at all. Some said she was a corpse propped up in her favorite spot forever. One Saturday, I went there in a carload of fellow band geeks. <laughs> Good. I like this You're one. home, Carl. You are we home. It. Welcome. It was a lark, and we goofed and made one another laugh the whole trip. I love that term, lark. Uh, the driver had been before and knew the way. What I saw was really weird. The house was distant enough from the road that I squinted trying to make out the details. But we all got quiet because we could see what everyone was talking about. A figure, woman, in a plain gown or dress, sitting in a chair on the porch, stock still. We peered as long as we dared. We have to understand, you have to understand that snooping around someone's isolated rural home was part of the thrill. We could have gotten (laughs) shot. Yeah, man, Texas. I never could tell just what I was seeing before someone balked and we, uh, I never could tell what I was seeing before someone balked and we jumped back in the car and sped away. It haunted me. I had to know more. 
So I sneaked my dad's binoculars out of his closet. I decided to go back after my next night shift as a busboy at the Rainbow Restaurant. This is oh my a, god! This is Texas horror horror. Texas horror. Also, Texas. Rainbow Restaurant. I feel I need to know the very elderly, very straight couple who own it. Yes, I'm imagining um, uh, beige plates with brown borders. That's kind of my. <laughs> <laughs> now nothing is colorful it's just no, called rainbow the irony yeah uh it's pre it's pre oz kansas okay <laughs> um it was long before cell phones and my parents were used to not knowing when i'd get home that is i'm re-watching unsolved mysteries there's a new version on netflix but i was watching the old version on uh on amazon prime and that is just a thing that would happen all the time like just parents didn't know when their kids be coming back oh Oh, it's true. I mean, I think my parents usually knew because I was usually home. (laughs) (laughs) Classically, we are indoor children. Okay. Um, So the parents didn't know when he'd get home. It was a clear, dark night. I drove my 1979 Ford Mustang to, ooh, the sequel, down the dirt road, gravel cracking beneath the tires. When I got close to the house, I stopped, turned off my headlights, and proceeded very slowly to avoid attracting attention. As I rolled past a stand of trees, the weathered farmhouse's dim yellow porch light came into view. Sure enough, the figure I had seen before was still there beneath it, in the same dress, in the same chair, in the same spot, still as stone. I lifted the binoculars to my eyes and dialed them into focus. I saw a woman, so wrinkled and shriveled and gaunt, she really could have been a corpse. Her eyes were closed. She had a wisp of white hair and was wearing a dirty calico house dress. My head spun because I didn't know what I was seeing. But terror overtook that feeling when the woman turned her face toward me, then opened her pale gray eyes and looked directly into mine. She held eye contact as her rocking chair began to slowly tilt forward and back. I panicked, threw the binoculars in the passenger seat, Switched on my headlights, pulled a Dukes of Hazard spin-out U-turn, stepped on it, and raced home as fast as I could. I never went back and never found out more about who the woman was. The end. <laughs> oh my god, Carl! Carl! This Carl. is Carl! This is very scary. Okay, it's got everything you could want. Yes. It has... Scary headlights. It has rocking chair. Classic. Is that an old woman or a corpse? Mm-hmm. A house dress horror. Um, house dress horror. The phrase "a stand of trees." Yeah, I mean yep. that's really all puts I us need. There. Puts uh, us there. Calico is is um a scary word to me. I don't yeah. know why. Calico. I'm scared to death. I'll never be normal again. I this just, is it for me. I am astounded by this story because. As I'm reading it, my thought is this is really this is really um, charming and well written, and I'm sure the answer is like this is some kind of like scarecrow on the front porch to like avoid robbery. And gentle listener, the zing that went up my spine when her head turned and her eyes opened, I cannot possibly describe in words. It's scary. I do have to say, I have a theory for what this is. Okay, I think it's a woman. <laughs> On her porch, <laughs> having a nice time. <laughs> now, I wasn't there. I'm scared by smells and shadows. Um, I, it is amazing. 
I mean, yes, that's probably that is probably the case. Um, I'm also assuming this is the country country. I'm sure in the summertime, Texas gets very hot at night. And so maybe this woman would be out at all hours to avoid dying of heat stroke. Um, uh, but, but the combination of all the pieces is scary. Also, classically, if you are missing one piece of context for something you see, it instantly becomes scary. And I think that's the normal human approach. Yeah. Well, that's, that's how we survived all those saber teeth. Yep. You know, like if you didn't know something, you got to run. <laughs> I know. And it really does scare me, which we've covered extensively on our show, um, that that part of me is missing where I'm like, I'm sure this is actually fine. Even when all the warning signs are there that are like, "Mm, you should go. That's true. Um, Um, Yeah. Also, like going out later to investigate specifically with binoculars is scary. Okay. It's scary that she looked at the binoculars because I guess she was far. At night. Late Um, at night. Late at night. Yeah. Maybe she was hot. I don't know. Yeah, I guess as someone who's a recent um, patio gal, uh, (laughs) the the upkeep that it takes to maintain even a even a bad patio, it's still it's still a lot. And like, you know what? I sit out there as often as I can. Yeah, that's I mean, it makes sense. I think it's funny how quickly I don't know. Rurality. I don't think that's a word. Rural areas. (laughs) Rurality is a word. That's good. Um, rural areas are scary, uh, because the assumption is that, um, uh, society doesn't function the same way out there. And so sometimes that can kind of cast a pall over everything. Uh, I will say, I think I mentioned before, like in terms of creepy neighbors or like seeing things that should be normal. I had neighbors who we had neighbors in our neighborhood for a little while who I thought were vampires when I was a kid because they moved in at the dead of night and they would never be seen, um, during daytime hours. Uh, and they had a kind of Eastern European um, spooky name, and I Googled that name, and uh, I believe – I'm going to have to like do some back searching for this. I believe their name roughly translated to the Romanian word for like the screwed over or like the betrayed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. So that all checked out. But again, like all that could be perfectly explained. It does not undo how creepy it was to see people move in in the dead of night. You know? That's very scary. Um, so, yeah, seeing this little old oh, lady man. out there, very spooky. I also am curious, like, what is the what is the tipping point in, like, high school lore when something goes from this is just something one person saw to, like, everyone's talking about this thing, you know? I know. You got to get the right kids out there, I guess. Yeah, publicists. Yeah, you'd need to hire publicists in high school just for like scary things that happen around. <laughs> um, good story, Carl. Um, I can't I I do feel like there's a tipping point coming Andrew, Andrew I don't know if you relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, where like if I I I walk Ladybird wearing just a muumu and flip-flops and there's no accoutrement with that. I realized today I was wearing exactly three pieces of clothing including two flip-flops. And like there's a shelf life on that. I wish it weren't true, but I know that I'm I'm rounding the corner. Um and I'm just realizing that like leaving the house looking like full shit is like a young person's game and I'm going to have to become less lazy as I get older. So that people don't say like, here she comes in her calico house dress. And I'm like, no, it's, it's just, it's, it's tortoise shell. It's not calico at all. Chris, Chris, 
uh, recently went out for a walk. Um, and we, you know, we, we haven't been social with virtually anyone else. So sometimes we forget how to be human beings in society. Again, he went out for a walk with a mask on and everything. And he noticed that people were like kind of giving him weird looks. And he was like, Oh gosh, am I, it did my mask ride up? Is it like above my chin or like, and he kept worrying about what was happening. And then right when he was almost home, he realized that only the bottom button of his shirt was buttoned. (gasps) Sexual. And and it is, I think to me, it's like, and he, I think he's mentioned something like, I was wondering why I was feeling kind of cold and exposed. (laughs) Chris, that's good. This is good for me. I like this. Um, But yeah, like, but again, I'm sure someone's seeing that. I mean, Chris is a pretty normal looking person, but like um, any sort of, I will say, I think a big part of this also has to do with post 9-11 world where it's like that. If you see strange behavior, say something about it, you know? And so now everyone's looking for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also say I was wearing four pieces of clothing. I was wearing a mask. And if you want to know, I was wearing five because the mask had a filter in it. Wow. So so put down your freaking, your horses and your pitchforks. (laughs) Put him down. Um, Carl, thank you so much for sending this very good story. Everyone say thank you, Carl. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. It's very well written. Um, really good. Yeah. What was there was something in there about a sound? The gravel crunching? Yeah. Love the gravel See, I crunching. I remembered something. That's the first time that's happened in months. Good work. Thanks. Um, okay, great. So um, we are going to move on to our inaugural <gasps> scary advice question. Uh which does not have a name yet. It's it's like a baby that like they're going like, to get to know it for a little bit before naming them. <laughs> um, so this email comes to us from Zoe. And the subject line is spooky advice needed. Amazing. Amazing. Dear Anna and Andrew, greetings from London. <gasps> International. Andrew. Andrew. She's British. <laughs> we can't yeah. mess this up. We have our country has messed up everything else. Cool. This is our one chance. Oh, Everyone calm down. There's someone British named Zoe. Yes, there's an umlaut over the E. Everyone <gasps> hold it together. <sighs> I'm wearing sunglasses. Andrew, are you wearing sunglasses? Um, huge, huge sunglasses. Really, Iris, really Iris okay. Apple sunglasses. Thank you. I sort of know who she is. Okay, great. You'll, but you'll I'm not going to Google it. Don't Google it. Because again, we're, we're post-learning. It's not <laughs> happening anymore. Okay. I hope you're both well. I love scary stories to tell in the pod and wanted to follow up on your request for spook- spooky problems in need of advice. So my bedroom, where I also work from home, etc., is at the very top of the house. Once every couple of days or so while I'm working, I'm horrified by a sound coming from right above my head of tiny little footsteps running across the ceiling. Yes, footsteps. I know that sounds paranoid, but it's truly the only way I can describe the very distinct pitter-patter noise. The footsteps start at one end of the ceiling, then I can hear them pass over my head to the other side of the ceiling in a continuous line. I'm spooked because the house is too tall for it to be a stray rat or raccoon. Mm. Be honest. Is my house haunted? I have only one possible explanation for this disturbing occurrence other than what I can only imagine is the ghost of a small Victorian child. (laughs) I I like that one. That's Uh, my answer. I think that's it. A couple mornings a week, I am awoken by the sound of talons scratching the surface of the skylight window on the ceiling of my bedroom. The culprit? Crows. (laughs) It's therefore possible it could be crows running running across the ceiling. Oh, God. However, have you seen a crow run, Andrew? Um, When they do the little hop, when they're moving quickly. Yeah, it's like a gallop. Especially in London, where there's a lot of crows. Okay. Um, however, the footsteps definitely have the heft and resonance of something larger and with bigger feet slash paws. Plus the running and talon sounds never co-occur. 
Got it. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's it's either it's either crows or something else. It's never right. both. Okay. Do I befriend the crows to help me identify the intruder? But what if it's the crows making the footsteps? How do I get them to stop without being without inciting vengeful crow behavior? <laughs> or do I just accept that my house has an unacceptable level of habitual gothic sounds and move altogether? Any advice you have is most welcome. Thank you for cheering us with, up with the pod and providing some spooky fun during these scary but decidedly unspooky times. All the best, Zoe. Zoe, okay. Thank you for this. Thank you for this question. Thank you. Um, I guess we should start from the get-go. Uh, Anna, do you think the house is haunted? Um, I want the house to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want it to be haunted to the point that Zoe has to move because moving is hell. Everyone should stay where they're plopped. I've said this before. <laughs> I'll say it again. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think my first thought was rac- raccoons. Mm-hmm. Um because uh my parents have had raccoons in the attic and they have they're thick animals they're animals with an ass yeah um they're nature's bandits and they're they're thick um so and i feel like they can climb up like i think the building being tall is sort of like not yeah a factor like i think these animals can climb it's very i find it i find it weird when animals have actual butts you know like a butt like butts and i feel like i've seen a picture of a bald um raccoon and it like had a butt which which to me is that's that's what makes that's what makes you thick you know when i think about like the line between butt and no butt i think about this post i saw from a, a burlesque performer on instagram where she sort of she had underwear that covered everything except her butt. Like it was sort of like a female jock strap. And oh, she reached back and with her middle fingers, she like lightly lifted up her butt and then dropped it and her butt fell down. <gasps> and I was like, so that's butt. Like if you can do that, you have a butt. And right. like, I know that raccoons have human hands mm. and I know that if they reached back <laughs> no. and with their little mink, <laughs> I hate this image. Their butt and they dropped it, it would fall and it would jiggle. <sighs> Oh God! <laughs> Just a raccoon looking back at you coquettishly, and <laughs> a raccoon wearing custom-made lingerie from like <laughs> a, like a bead worker taking a um, break from eating filthy noodles out of a trash bag. <laughs> Filthy noodles. To just bounce filthy its noodles ass at would you. be her burlesque name too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh that's God. the raccoon's burlesque name for sure. That would be on the uh, onlytrash.com. That's only fans <laughs> for raccoons. Stop, guys. Uh, stop that. Oh, we quit it. Um, Ew, yeah. Uh, I also, I like the idea of this of this house, particularly from the way uh, you describe it, Zoe, being haunted. I think the fact that you are coming from across the pond increases the degree of, of haunting possibility. Um, just yeah, everything, everything in there is just older. Right. Or like there are buildings that are older. Right. Obviously the earth is old. Right. And proximity to Stonehenge doesn't improve matters. You know what I mean? Like that it is doesn't. increasing ghostly. Um, I will say, I think, Zoe, I think you are correct that it probably is uh, crow or grackles or some sort of um, some sort of smart uh, uh, bird. That would Pause. be my guess. Andrew, I'm not going to Google it. What's a grackle? Okay. My mom called them grackles. I think it was sort of a (laughs) catch-all word for um, uh, blackbirds that were smaller than crows. Okay. I like that. I don't have a word for them. Just to make sure it's not. um, Don't look it up, Andrew. Oh, oh, it is an actual bird. Oh, okay, cool. It's a specific bird. Um, Avian genus Quiscalus. It contains six of the ten species of grackle. 
Um, <laughs> they're little. They're smaller than ravens. Apparently, they are not as smart as ravens are. I mean, you'd be lucky if they're crows or ravens. Ten whole species of crackles. <laughs> um, that's just a that's like a like um a jingle for crackles. If anyone is selling them. Grackle, um, the fact that Grackle has not been used as an app name yet is someone needs to get on that. Grackle. It, it just, it sends a smart bird that does puzzles to your house. <laughs> if you get, if you, this is good. No, Andrew, this is good. If you get stuck on a puzzle, it, you can have a bird, a smart bird come and um, finish the puzzle for you. Oh, or at least help. I like that a lot. It should the be pretty easy. Will, yeah, I um, think so. So, okay. Yes. Crows. Okay. Do I befriend the crows to help me identify the intruder? But if it's the crows making the footsteps, how do I get them to stop without inciting vengeful crow behavior? Which is a good question because I think it's either crows or ravens. They recognize human faces. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like smart birds. Yeah. Um, My thought, I think I just did like a very American um, simplification where I was picturing her sort of going up to the roof to try her her chances at befriending a a grackle. But then I was like, oh, she should just put up a nest cam. Oh, which like I guess I guess in London they're they're like a, they're they're at least a, um familiar with the idea of being surveilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like maybe that's okay. I like, like that. This isn't like a full weird cultural left swing. I, it's I think it's very helpful in with with whatever it is. I think a nest cam is actually a very good practical uh, solution. You know, just like get up on one of the gutters and either you'll see that it's not crows or that it's crows. And I think when you can see the source in real time <laughs> of the noise, it's less scary. You know? Yeah, I think so. Um, I do think it's probably sorry rats. It's <gasps> been a minute. I have never had rats. I have had mice. Um, and it's much more scritchy scratchy. It's not a lot of pitter patter or footsteps. It could also be the house sort of settling and moving around. Mm. Um, I know that's like telling someone that their ghost stories, the house settling is sort of the equivalent of a, a like cis man telling uh, someone who has periods like, oh, well, it could just be PMS. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Um, I, you, you, you're right. But from you, it feels charged. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I don't know. I also, again, I'll circle back to my initial point. I want it to be ghosts. I want this to be sort of a scary Victorian child. Yeah, a small... Well, and here's the thing. If it's a small Victorian child, I don't think you have much much to worry about. There might be some occasional mischief. um, But I think think as far as ghosts go, you want a Victorian ghost, I think. Yeah, because if they ever get two in your face, you can just put up some green wallpaper and they'll die. (gasps) Yes. Anna and I watched a um, a YouTube special, which I think I'd mentioned way long. You mentioned ago on, the, on show. the podcast, yeah, yeah, where people Victorian people were dying from green wallpaper because get this, the green was was it arsenic? Is arsenic? Yeah, and um, people had indoor lighting, so the heat near the walls was like heating up the wallpaper. And, oh, yeah. Ugh. If you have um, a kind of acid green wallpaper, just get it checked out. Check, get it checked out. If your house is over 200 years old <laughs> and you have the original wallpaper, <laughs> maybe call someone. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Well, Zoe, please write in and um, let us know if anything changes. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, what? I have another p- potential solution. Oh, what is it? Um, borrowing from our story last week. Uh, maybe put some flour or baby powder up on the. <gasps> no, 
That's too scary. Just to see what kind of, just to see what kind of paw prints or footprints we're working with here. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Um, That scares me so bad. I mean, also, it's, I'm guessing it's like if it rains, then that's just going to be pointless. But um, yeah, then you'll just have sort of plaster on your roof. I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Andrew and I, we um, watched a movie uh, just last night uh, that has a very scary Victorian ghost child in it. That is very true. It, the movie was 2018's Winchester, um, starring Helen Mirren on like a, a tight two week schedule. They had her for a very short period of time. There are a lot of um, uh, shots of her character with a black veil over her head walking around the house, and the odds of that not being a PA are next to me. <laughs> yeah, she's holding like a, she's got a head headset on. Yeah. Um, also, like the whole point of the Winchester Mystery House, which I've been to, which is very fun. Maybe we'll talk about it in some episode. Oh, but um, the point is that there's a million rooms, but they just keep shooting her in the same yes. three rooms because it's, of the constraints of production. It's so it's I it, the thing is, it's got great actress in it. It's got Shiv from uh, Succession. Shiv from Succession, whose real name is Shiv from Succession. That's correct, famously. Um, famously. And then Jason Clark. Yes, who like I guess people just know who he is. Yeah, he's in a lot. He was in Pet Cemetery. He was in oh, Zero yes, Dark yes. Thirty. Sure. Um. Um. Wow. It's uh, it's worth noting from that movie. And oh, this is just this is going to be a big old spoiler, and I hate to spoil it. So if you want to watch it, it's on Netflix now. This would be a good time to to turn off the episode because I'm going to say a spoiler, but I want to say it because it's it really struck me as being very funny. Okay. Um, so the Winchester Mystery House, the whole deal is uh, Mrs. Winchester, her husband invented uh, a type of rifle, and she was convinced that the ghosts of all the people killed by the rifle her husband invented were haunting her, and that's why she kept building the house. Um, and in the movie, it turns out that um, the evil ghost that is causing havoc is mad because his brothers were killed by the rifles and then he went on a shooting spree. And so he's like an anti-gun violence ghost, but he shoots people with a ghost gun. And also the only mm-hmm. way to defeat him is with a gun. <laughs> so there's kind of some mixed messaging in the movie. It's a lot. Um, I loved every part of it. Oh, fully. Um, it was so scary. Also, like uh, the scariest part for me is that it's the little boy in a white nightgown. Mm-hmm. Little any anybody in a nightgown is scary. I'd say number one is a little boy. Yes. Um, and they have him in a, a big red wig and <laughs> like a Nick Carter nineteen ninety seven mushroom oh, cut. Yeah. It's so volume. It's so much hair on this small child, and then they had him in white contact lenses for when he's ghosty, mm-hmm. which I think child actors we've already covered. It's um not okay, but no then putting in the contacts in a child is just psycho. But um, we love everyone in the movie, and we'd be happy to sit down for a Zoom coffee. Um, I would love a Zoom coffee. I will also say that the child actor who's quite good in the movie. Um, looks like if you took a picture of Toad from Mario Kart and then put him <laughs> into a face app to make him human. That's what, yes. with this he wig, really that's does. what this child actor looks like. And I th- I mean, that's the wig's fault. That's not about the child actor. But also the hair department on that movie is heroes and should be um, venerated. And I, we love them and we'd sit because, down. Because Victorian hair, everybody... Did you know how bonkers it is and looked? So much work. Massive. Um, so that's movie corner. Um, then we should go over to um, sleep demon corner. Oh, yes. Uh, I had sleep paralysis <gasps> last week. Oh, that's scary. What happened? I don't think I told you. No, I didn't Or maybe I did. 
Um, yeah, I so sleep paralysis happens when we talk about it on the podcast a lot. If you don't know what it is, you can Google it. I'm no longer learning, but um, <laughs> uh, it's basically your mind is awake and your body is still asleep, and scary stuff can start happening. Um, but it happens when your sleep schedule is off. And I've been working on New York time living in LA, which oh, is, of course, yes. you know, a very luxurious problem to have. But uh, I just refuse to, I'm a child and refuse to go to bed early. And I'm just <laughs> extra tired. And I woke up and had sleep paralysis. But then, oh, but right before it, um, I was dreaming. And in the dream, someone was talking to me. I, I was working a retail job. And my manager was like, hey, you have to clock out for your 15 minute break. And then I was about to tell her like, no, I don't have to clock out for my 15 because I'm working a six hour shift and that's paid. (laughs) And then before I said it, I realized that I was dreaming and I got in her face and said, no, I don't have to because this is a lucid dream. (laughs) And then I started flying to the ceiling and then I was having fun. And then I realized that I was asleep. And then I woke up and my I had sleep paralysis and uh, didn't know if I was awake or not and started to panic a little bit. But then I did my um, 100% of the time works every time uh, sleep paralysis trick, which is if you have sleep paralysis, you just remind yourself that you're safe in your bed and that you're dreaming and you go back to sleep. Anna, and the, con- the funniest nice. thing I can imagine is <laughs> real life you screaming in a boss's face. <laughs> This is a lucid dream. And then just, just sitting back down at the conference table, smiling for hours. Just me and the NBC peacock just <laughs> screaming. Um, so that's that. And that's then we good. also have um, uh, this. This will be one of the last two things we do. Uh, <laughs> this is um, shit demon corner. Oh, my um, God. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so on the, the podcast, we have an episode uh, where we talk about I talk about almost shitting my pants and then uh, I'd say close to a dozen people who have listened to that episode have then or listened to us talk about it have then almost or ditched at their pants. It happened to me. Um, it happened to, <laughs> yeah, it happened to friends of ours and then just listeners we've never met before. Yeah. To boyfriend Jason, I got a message from a woman who I'll call Allie because that is her name. Um, <laughs> she said, OMG, I just shit myself after <laughs> listening to your podcast about shitting yourself. <laughs> And this sentence to me is the best thing that's happened to me all year. Thought I had to flatulate, but the other came out. <laughs> the, other. the other. Wow. That's honestly, the, that is, you know, because if you're, if you're listening to this and you're rolling your eyes thinking, wow, culture is really going downhill. This is how society falls. What we have stumbled across, thanks to Allie, is that if you almost shit yourself, you can just say the other came. I think the other came out. It's such yeah. a tasteful thing. <laughs> the other came. Out. It does sound like um, when someone's haunted by a ghost or like possessed by a ghost. Right. I think um, that is. Yeah, that's correct. But but the good thing about shitting your pants during COVID is like um, you're likely to be home. It's both. So. Yeah, it's both a good thing and a depressing thing because you are home. You know, like you could have yeah. you could have gone, but you didn't. But also the risk is not high. It's not. This is reminding me, and I'm so so. I'm so like if if you're not a if you're not a poop story person, I don't know what to tell you. It. But here's just another one coming. Um, our friend Annie, uh, her dad, 
saw a play with her where there was a white couch on the stage and a nude scene with the man and Annie's dad kept kind of like being very uneasy every time the man went near the couch and um, at one point in the show the man got up and Annie's dad was like oh just horrified and apparently afterwards he was like I just got it in my head and I couldn't get it out of my head if he's naked and he sits on the white couch what if it leaves like a streak and then he did sit and then he got up and there was a streak and i just can't believe i manifested it to happen <laughs> no annie's dead and that is such a scary reality don't you can't put the two on stage together that's like putting a dog and a bucket of raw hamburger meat on stage no also nude men in the theater i'm 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 fine i don't know about you guys i'm good yeah i mean i am famously a homosexual and it it depends it's the theater is not new nudity on stage is very rarely um sexy in theater it's more of like a everything's being laid bare kind of thing you know yeah it's sort of like if the man's life has fallen apart um yeah and i'm like i don't know i just don't ever it's just scary I've seen, um, I've seen, I think the first nude man I saw on stage was um, Dylan McDermott in a downtown theater play. And he uh, is seeing a therapist and he pulls down his pants and he's, and he smacks his own bare ass. Um, oh. And it was it, it jarring. Certainly he's a very good actor, but it was like a strange thing to see on stage, especially in a small downtown theater space. And then uh, my friend Roe was nude in a in a play and would get like fan letters sent to the theater all the time. Which you know. someone who sends a fan letter to a theater is going to kill you. <laughs> to a theater sending a snail mail to a theater? Yes, yes. You're I, dead. I assume, or I mean, what is this, what is even creepier is like someone gives a note to stage management to like put in someone's dressing room i don't think any of the messages themselves were um troubling but it was more the nature it was more the the fact that they were messages in and of themselves right well the point is um let's not we didn't we wasn't that like a school-wide rule when we were at the place we went no nude men on stage or um oh no you know what it was it was someone who uh, i think is like actually fine and good um we had an assignment uh oh to do like a seven or 10 minute um, short theater piece. And um, you could put the audience wherever you wanted them. And he was like, well, the audience was going to walk into the room and they walked in and he was naked holding a knife and just chased them around the room. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the teacher was like, cool. So that um, you can't do that ever outside <laughs> of this room. I don't know why you did it here. Um, and then the role became, I don't know if no knives was the rule. I think the rule became the audience has to be sitting like in like regular audience. Area. Yeah. I, I will say when you read the list of rules in theater school, um, it really tells a story. One of the rules was you cannot kill a fish. No. Which um, can't kill you a can't. fish. Can't, no, don't do that. Can't drink your own blood. That was one. Oh God. Yeah. Some because it used to be the rule was just like don't do anything to harm yourself or someone else. Um, yeah. And then they had to you get more, be more specific, specific. Where it's like yeah, you can't do that. Um, I I used a I used a, a goldfish for a theater show that I did or a solo show that I did for a while, oh, yes. but I would bring the I would buy a goldfish before the show at the union square petco do the show fish is fine obviously because i'm not bad right um and then after the show um because goldfish you need a filter it's very it's a lot 
I would just go back to Petco and put the fish back in the tank and then go. <laughs> like no one saw me wow. do it. Because <laughs> I was like, at the first time I did it, I was waiting and was like, I want to return this 10 cent fish. But no one was around and there like isn't a process for that. And then I was like, what if I just lift the lid and then saw what happened? And then I was like, what if I just untie the bag? And then I did that. And then I put it in and then just walked out. Once in my oh, so I did that four times. <laughs> it I just this is like a memory that has not surfaced in my brain for since it happened, I think. But in my elementary school talent show, one of the kids' talents was just that he had three birds. And he just brought three birds out on stage and then they just flew out into the audience and it was pandemonium. And I don't remember how it solved itself. That rules. They're still there. (laughs) Yeah. They're teaching now. They're teaching now. They're, they're burnt out. (laughs) They're, you know, and you know what they are? They're grackles. They're grackles. And we're back. And that's, and that's that. Wow. We're not going to do better than that. Everybody. We're not. We actually got to stop. Uh, thank you so much uh, for the question, Zoe, and for the great story, Carl. Uh, we love getting your submissions. Uh, you can email them to us at scarystorypod at gmail.com, or you can Instagram, or you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at scarystory underscore pod. Yes, we love it when you submit. We love um, it when you submit. Yes. Um, and thank you all, and hope everyone's hanging in there. Oh, and, and if there's one thing that you could do, Get out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.